Hello, podcast listeners. This is the Alan Barr Show. You can find me at alanbarr.com. I'm an internal tools product manager. This is a podcast on technology, business, self-improvement, and other topics. Today's topic is the Veterans United Homes Loan Software Engineering Conference. Many years ago, in 2016, there was a conference. In the past, there were a lot of people that were joining, and they didn't have all the agile information about how to be effective. And what we've seen in the past is that projects are very common in many systems, but they're not what we're trying to do in the future. So that was a really early time where we were really trying to figure out how can we be more agile, less waterfall. There were some really early ideas about how we could be more CICD, more focused on making systems faster but 2016 was so basic at that point. Now let's look further in the past between 2020 to 2022. We had so much change that we went through. Can you imagine in 2020, we were figuring out what is COVID and should we stay at home or are we even gonna be in the office anymore? All those questions, we didn't really know what was gonna happen. And now it seems a little bit more normal. We're kind of getting used to things. Obviously, there's some parts of the world that it's not as uh, easy to go to at the moment. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the conference that we went through in Columbia, Missouri. We have a few different people that attend from Dallas, from Kansas City, from St. Louis. There could be other places. I'm not really sure. While the conference is internal, we have a few speakers that are pretty known and you can find them on youtube uh, if you know their names and i'll cover that in uh, today's episode Uh, so this is act one through act three act one architectures are relative act two tdd architectures and three dev lab stories we have a lot of content with all that uh so before we get into the acts what i want to talk about with you is it's really exciting to talk to people after a conference and with covid the more people we have with up-to-dates on topics it's going to be really tough and it's always been a challenge when it was a really small team of developers and it's not getting any easier it's really clear to not get all the updates on a particular thing, and it's just really hard. So it's really exciting if you can attend a conference. I don't know how likely it's gonna be possible to keep it going, and hopefully we can. I think in general, the value you can get at attending a conference is you have a hall that you can walk through and talk to people that you can chat about. It's kind of hard to attend a Zoom or a YouTube or some recording or you know some online thing like i'm not saying that one is the best or not but there are some benefits of being in the same room and having the same information at the same place and i think it's it's cool it's nice that we can do that uh, now again all right let's go into act one architectures are relative mark richards uh, you can find him on youtube he is a software architect richard was our keynote of the conference and it was fantastic. I really have enjoyed this conference. And I think many of us who have worked in software architecture have heard the same story over many times, but I think that it's always fantastic to hear it again. In his talk, Mark Richards goes through the stories of deciding when to change 
assist. And you would think that there's one answer that is gonna answer any problem, right? You would imagine that there is always one tool that we need to use, right? And we know that that's not the case, that there are trade-offs. There are trade-offs with what we decide to build and we can't do it all. We have to decide, should we do one or the other? It's a simple idea that we need to make the best choice that we can and that because things change and we have business needs. The next step of his talk, which is very important, is the need as a developer or an architect to get more aware of what you know and what you don't know. In this picture that I'm not able to show you in the podcast, but there's basically a pyramid. And in the pyramid, there are three levels of this pyramid. The top level is stuff you know. The second is stuff you know and you don't know. And the last one is stuff you don't know and you don't know. So that's something we're gonna continue to deal with as an architect or a developer. As a young developer, we're not gonna know only the things that we know as we're learning something. And especially as we get along this journey, we're not gonna know all the answers. And that's okay, but we have to be aware what should we be using our time toward. If you find your specialty, you wanna make sure that you're learning what is really valuable and helpful. Some of these you'll need to learn how to prioritize and some of them you'll have to assume that it's not your problem to deal with anymore. So that's a big challenge. Once you're moving around different parts of your business or your teams, you have to decide, what should I use with my time? Should I be in the front end? Should I work in the back end? Do I wanna have a combination? Do I really wanna do Java or C Sharp? Or maybe I'm more interested in the Python data science. As the talk continues, Mark Richard shows a lot of options you can use to decide what part of the architecture will be most valuable to you and which ones may make a better trade-off. You can also use characteristics that help you decide which ones are gonna help you make a better choice. The last of this talk by Mark Richard is this idea that you only need 20 minutes a day for you to get up to date on the latest trends. We know technology is gonna get harder and harder over time. New tools will come in, other tools will end, that's what happens. If we take 20 minutes in the morning, maybe that's tea or coffee or something else, you can check some of these websites and just get some real short ideas into what you need to learn. In this picture, I can see some really clear ideas that I can try the next time to visit a website. One of those is InfoQ. That is a great tool to get newsletters and all kinds of details about the latest news. A very similar topic is the D-Zone ref cards. The last item in this topic is the ThoughtWorks technology radar. And the reason that's important is you can look very quickly across the technology changes and you can decide, is this something that I wanna keep using? Maybe we should hold off and then maybe we should get rid of it totally, right? Whether you decide to use one of those tools using something and looking around and deciding what's going to change is really helpful and i think this is just a really good easy way to understand what's changing and what can we do better and i think that's helpful so just be aware that you know you don't want to be 
static, right? You want to keep changing things. And part of that is talking to new people and learning what's working and what's not. All right, act two, this is TDD and architecture. Uh, another word is test-driven development. And the idea here is that you should have tests, one, and that it should be run quickly. It's a really simple idea. I don't think it's that complicated, honestly. In this section, we're gonna have two people. One is Jim Shore. He is a agile consultant. This other person is Doug Waymeyer. Doesn't sound familiar. Oh, he's my coworker. Um, so in this topic, it's gonna be about fractured architecture. I think it's really interesting and I'll talk more about it later, but let's go into Jim Shore first. So again, Jim Shore, the idea here is that one, we should have tests for our software development and that it should be driven by development, not just changing things and then you know, we'll do a test later. The idea is that we should make a change quickly. It may seem obvious that you should have tests and that it should build quickly, but many of us probably move around all the time and we're caught in this situation where we're moved to a new system, it's somebody completely new, they never had any tests, and now we need to change it and we're in the problem that we need to go back again. In this talk, the point is that you should have tests and that they should run fast. And the way that you can keep them tested is going quickly. I love the idea of test-driven development. Now, I think in reality, there's a lot of stuff that's not that simple and easy, but I think from a concept, it seems really clear. Here's what you need to do. We're gonna change one thing at a time, and we're only going to change anything until we confirm that we've made success, right? So that seems pretty easy, and it's not that hard in my opinion. Now, there's some other things we could try to make it easier for all of us, and I won't go into all those today, but I think it's a pretty clear idea that before you make a big system or change, we should think about it first and verify that the test is going to pass at some point. For Jim Shore's topic, there are a lot of ideas he suggested, and I think there's three changes you can make with your build without going all to the different options uh, in his talk. So if you're more interested, you know, go to his talk and we'll, you can learn more about that. I imagine on his website, you can find all kinds of details about that as well. Uh, but I'll share just three from this talk. And one of those is cache file paths. And the reason that's important is in, let's imagine it's a JavaScript. In this really clear idea of a cache, you can use a tool like Memoize and it's a really simple and easy tool in let's say javascript or other things when you're running your build if you already have some data in the cache you can add more detail and then if you need to bust it you can so i think it's a really clear tool and you can try it really quickly and boom you can make yourself go a little faster and i think that can always benefit us right the second one is this idea of the watch script. Now the watch script is really clear. You, you can use many tools that do this, but in general, it will keep running. And you might change your code and it will run and it will tell you, is it broken or is it running? And it's really clear and simple. And we've seen people trying it themselves. And when they see that visual or information, maybe a sound uh, that something broke, it at least tells you immediately before you start changing and going around. And I know that I've been there many times where I had some file that I 
thought I changed it, but it wasn't the right file. And then I spent maybe six hours and it was a huge waste of time, right? We don't want that. There were some really great ideas uh, I took from the talk that I think that you can use. And one I wanted to really specify here was template tests. And I think that is a huge problem for many people because a template is really important and we don't usually treat it like something that we can help with our tests. So what that's important is we can add template data into our test. The reason we tend to do that is because we say, oh, well, this is this other file that is really focused on a string and it's not really programming per se, but we can, we can treat strings just like programming if we add some additional details. So I don't have the ability to tell you what you would change with template tests right now, but I think that if you're interested, go check out about template tests and how you can apply that. And you'll definitely help yourself in the future if you need to change some file that you're gonna change that, I think that's gonna be helpful. So check it out, I think it's great. I'm gonna move on to the next part. Doug Waymire has this idea around fractured architecture driving us toward business relevant architecture. The reason this is important is when you are working in a really long system, imagine some type of mortgage maybe, who knows, uh, things change, right? There's always some type of standard someplace. There's some type of regulations. Over time, what you find out is that everything is all over the place. There's all these different things, and it's really hard to think through about what is the job of this system. And the point of a business-relevant architecture is that over time, we're trying to make it more organized, there are a lot of changes that you'll have to think through. And I think that this could be kind of difficult for people to not know why architecture is important even for a regular developer. So what you could see is that mixed around products is not gonna be really good for a business overall. We're gonna need to organize whole new products over time, collaborate with teams, and notice problems so that when the business needs to make a change, they can prioritize it appropriately and make changes. So what does Doug recommend what we should do? I'm gonna cover three things that I thought were important from this talk. One of them is cohesion. Now cohesion, it seems complicated, but I think the idea here is that the parts need to be close together. And that's always a struggle because we don't always know why certain systems are important or are not. We don't always know that information and it's important to keep keep systems related. Now it seems hard. I imagine it's going to be really tough because this is if this is your job when you come to this system, you need to do something and you need to change it over time. And that's that's part of why it's work, you know, like it's not meant to be for free, right? So the the goal here is we need to be aware what are the ones that we're going to continue to keep together uh, through cohesion and be aware that some of those are probably not going to be as important but we need to be aware going the same direction another idea that doug shares is encapsulation now encapsulation is really clear in that we want to make systems to be easier for us and the way that we can keep things easy is by using abstract 
ideas. An abstract idea is what you can think of. When I think of the car, usually an old car, it's really hard to use. There's all these different things. There's a really important motor, right? But now there's a Tesla. There's a Tesla car out there, and that's probably way more simple, and it's not complicated. Maybe this new Tesla car is way better because there's this hard work that's being done by engineers, but it makes it look so simple and clear and simple. On the other side, when you do not have encapsulation, you deal with a lot of situations that are not very important, and they're doing a lot of different things across different things. So again, going back to my old car, it was not easy to use. It was hard to understand. I didn't know why parts of my car were important, and we deal with the same situation. So encapsulation is a really clear tool that we should try to use more often. Uh, but obviously it's hard. Now the last part of this talk is this idea that we should wait until it is the last responsible moment. Now that's important because there are a lot of things that we could change with our business and with our software. And we don't always know when it's a good time to do something. But in general, it's usually best to wait until it's the right time to change things. So I really like this idea. It seems really simple that what we should get better at doing by being patient before we make a big change because it's really hard to get it wrong. And if we can wait longer, it will probably help us in the long run. All right, so that was really great. And we're gonna go into act three. This is DevLab Stories. My team have been working in the past two years for a internal development platform. And this system is only internal for now. I would love to make a software as a service system, but we're not there at the moment. The point of this story is that we have a lot of different angles in the system that we've built over the past two years. And I've shared this story a few different times, either through the podcast or through on YouTube or on my own website, right? But there's always a different angle for everybody, even the people that are software engineers that didn't hear the same story or they just don't get the same information, right? So it's really interesting to see a different angle that others get to see. So. I was not really able to attend most of the conference talk that I attended. It was a little micro, which was great because I'm not really in the position to give a really great talk in the moment, but I'm going to get there really quick. Uh, so I was really excited to get this story from Ben Vajard on what Ben and me have built over the past two years. So to Ben really quick, I'm not going to give a good story on this for now, but maybe in the future, if you can come and attend on the podcast and tell the same story again, I think that would go way better than what I'm sharing. But I will include a lot of details that I thought were important in my talk, right? In my in my podcast, right? So uh, what I want to talk to you today is, you know, DevLab, it is a internal developer platform. What happened around 2017 is that we had a lot of new developers we knew that it wasn't gonna keep working for us to keep trying our systems and that you know, virtual machines and all the tools that we're used to using are not gonna work in the future. We know that we have to keep changing things. And between 2017 to 2020, we didn't have a lot of success. 
either way like we weren't on the same teams we weren't really helping each other and it took a lot of time right so eventually in 2020 our executives agreed that we should do something about a software developer system so back in that may we had the option to decide how should we do some research and how can we make a pilot in between all that detail of trying to figure out what are we going to do now that we have this opportunity we know that the product strategy people are really thinking this is so slow why is it so hard to just do something simple uh, for infrastructure you know why should we even do anything at all you know how can we get things better if we have to keep doing the same ways uh, it's been really difficult for all those things so we ran together on this idea of the platforms and this idea is just this cross-functional team that we worked together across the aisles to build a new system that is so complicated that we need a combination of administration and then also software development because they're core to building a really good system we had this new team to agree on a research each month we talked with our executives and they agreed we're doing good keep it up just let us know that you're keeping your timeline and keep it going so we continue to make some success and we saw some constraints right we saw no cloud there were no databases other than outside of the virtual machines. That was really great, I think, for us overall, though I think we could look back. If we could use the cloud, we would have, right? But it just didn't give us an option. And then we saw that there were so many, so many tools we could have used and we, we didn't. So what we focused on talking about with our teams from the beginning, we've been fighting on the white glove experience not perfect there's still some parts that are not really rough but overall people are pretty happy that they can do their best jobs that they can and they're not really dealing with all the options that you have to think about all the time and overall you know of the 80 uh, of 20 that we tend to use most of the systems we build are the most commodity that we can offer and it really gives us all the options we need to be successful for the business. So we're seeing that we have 62 apps that we're really pushing experiments now that people in the past, maybe they thought, well, we thought that maybe something would work and some things work and some don't. And that's been great. What we saw right at the beginning in a three-day startup was that the most of the value that we could make a visual tool was there. And it was not pretty, it was definitely not pretty, but it was what exactly what our executives were willing to support through the whole 10 month journey. So I'm really successful and happy about that goal. And not everyone is going to agree on the same kind of thing that we're gonna build, right? But overall, I think that we can really benefit from what's possible. And so what we're really pushing a lot of people on these ideas now is that we are your dev lab. And that seems like a really simple, hard idea, but we're a team. We're not just one team. We're a bunch of different team that are part of this company that they all can't do the work on the job, right? On working on Kubernetes or some particular app, right? It's not possible. But overall, if we can figure out how can we organize and share 
what are the issues that a system needs, as long as they have a good reason, they can help us and they can be part of our inner source journey. So again, Ben did a way better job than I did in this uh, example here, but uh, it's what I took away from it uh, for myself. So hopefully next time, Ben, when you attend, you can give that talk uh, over me and then I can hear some uh, details uh, or not. Who knows? We'll never know. Uh, but for the most part, you know, closing this story now on, you know, the conference, what I learned, maybe if you attend conference, you know, what are some things you could learn from others? And I could tell you based on today from this show that, you know, trade-offs are hard. You know, you can build a system over time and it's never going to be perfect, but the more that we can keep it a little bit more cohesive, it'll be better for everybody. Uh, TDD is a really simple, clear idea that it's valuable, but we might forget that we need to do that. So let's try to use test-driven de development. And it's not gonna solve every problem, but the more that we can keep it easy to change a system, I think it's gonna be really great for everybody, right? Lastly, this is your dev lab. This is your dev lab. That means that we're here, we're part of a team, we're there to help you, and we're not just the one team that does one thing. You, that's not what we need to do here. We're all gonna work together. We're gonna figure it out. We can't do it all, of course. We still need to prioritize, that's okay. We need pull requests, we need information, we need to talk. So I hope you had a good time. I really had a lot of fun attending this conference. It's been a long time since I've had a actual work conference that wasn't related to other topics that I usually attend. And I hope that you got some value from this podcast. Thank you for my podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen. Uh, I'm really excited every time I hear someone else that's interested and hears my story. Thank you and have a great one.